It's good to see you. It's good to see all of you here. You never know on a holiday weekend how many folks to expect. I know folks are scattered in a lot of different directions this time of year for some reason. Some folks are headed out to Pasadena and, <laughs> and other places. And yes, I'm envious in one of these days. But it's good. <laughs> it's good to see you and welcome you. I hope you've had a great Christmas. Thank you for all you've done to make our Christmas joyful. Last Sunday was an incredible day here. We had so many folks pass through here. We had a chance to touch a lot of lives. So thank you for your hospitality and for welcoming all of our guests last week. Our scripture lesson for today is listed in the Bible. You've got a page number for the Pew Bible. But actually, it's being a psalm, it's also in the hymnal on page 809, 809. And I would love for you to help me out this morning in reading our scripture lesson. We're going to read just verses 1 through 12. I know it turns the page and the psalm continues, but we're going to stop at the bottom of the page with verse 12. And we will not use the musical responses today. Simply read this together responsively. And listen for God's word to us in this place on this day. Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. You turn us back to the dust and say, Turn back, O mortal ones. You sweep them away. They are like a dream, like grass which is renewed in the morning. In the morning For we are consumed by your anger, by your wrath we are overwhelmed. For all our days pass away under your wrath. Our years come to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are bring Who considers the power of your anger, the awesomeness of your wrath? Your days are numbered. Isn't that what the psalmist said? How many times have you heard that line in an old movie? Sometimes that line is written on the copy of the script that the good guy has, and sometimes it's written on the copy of the script that the bad guy has. But they say it to one another in a threatening way, your days are numbered, especially in the old westerns, just where they would draw on one another. But regardless of who speaks the words, not only in the context of a film from years gone by, but in any particular setting, at any given time, those words catch our attention. Our days are numbered. I don't mean to sound morbid, and I don't mean to imply that at our birth, God allows us or allots us a certain number of days. That may be true, but I don't believe from other things I read in Scripture. I don't believe that it is. I do mean that one day our days will come to an end. 
And unless we're a condemned prisoner whose appeals have run out, we don't know exactly when that's going to be. We don't know when our number is up, so to speak. The psalmist in our scripture lesson for this morning writes, The years of our life are three score and ten. Or if by reason of strength four score, we may not make 70. We may exceed 80. More and more folks are 90 and beyond. And it's not unusual anymore to hear about folks making 100. And I think, I think that's good news. A comedian from the last century said, Immortality is a long shot, I admit. But somebody has to be first. Don't know if I want that, but a long life, I think, certainly is to be desired. Our scripture lesson for this morning is Psalm 90. And it was that psalm that inspired Isaac Watts to write the well-known hymn, O God, Our Help in Ages Past, the one that we sung a few minutes ago. The fourth and fifth stanzas of that hymn speak to our days being numbered. A thousand ages in thy sight are like an evening gone. Short as the watch that ends the night before the rising sun. The Jewish people divided the day and the night into particular watches. And the last watch just before the sun would rise. Time like an ever rolling stream bears all who breathe away. They fly forgotten as a dream dies at the opening day. Life is transitory. It's fast. It's going in the blink of an eye sometimes, it seems like. The beginning of a new year is a signpost, or like a signpost, like a birthday as well, reminding us of the inevitable movement of time and the inevitable ending or mortality of our lives. The passage of time makes a lot of folks anxious. We think about it a lot, and I know the older we get, the more we think about that. Folks used to tell me about how fast the days and nights went by and I didn't believe it and I'm starting to believe it and and there's no slowing it down. If there was a way to slow it down, I'd write the book and we'd all be wealthy, but I don't think there's a way. A book entitled Time Flies from the last century, the author wrote these words and he wrote them on the occasion when he was turning 50. Although, he said, reaching this half-century mark has not traumatized me, it has left me with disbelief about the flight of time. It seems like it was only yesterday, he said, that I was a kid of 15 and old people were folks who were 40 and who were looking for somewhere to sit down. (laughs) And he said, and now I'm doing the sitting. Psalm 90 was written in a time before the ancient Israelites had a developed belief in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting like we do who are followers of Jesus Christ. The authorship of Psalm 90 has been attributed, and I find this interesting and curious and different. The authorship has been attributed by more than one scholar to Moses of all people. Consider Psalm 90. Think about it. With the backdrop of Deuteronomy 34, Moses is on Mount Pisgah. And he's looking out over the promised land. And he's knowing that he'll never enter it. And death awaits him. And the pains and disappointments of his life disappoint him. And he's fallen short. He's failed. 
And it's a difficult time in his life. And think about that with me, if you will, for a moment. And I know many of you know that Old Testament story where Moses sort of lost his ticket to the promised land. And it seems like such a small thing, doesn't it? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it seemed like such a tiny thing that he did and missed out on the joys and the promise. Remember, they were in the wilderness and God had instructed Moses to speak to the rock and water would come from the rock. But Moses did not speak to the rock. He took his rod, his shepherd's staff rod, and he struck the rock. Now, folk in the wilderness back in that day who spent a lot of time in the wilderness and the desert knew about the rock formations where the fishers were and how sometimes they would crust over. And if you struck one of them with a rod or a stick, then the fisher would break and the water would come out. And so when Moses struck the rock and the water came out, it looked like he was responsible because he knew what to do and where to strike the rock. And if he had spoken to the rock and the water had come out, well, only God could do that. That seems like a small thing, doesn't it? And he missed this opportunity. But even though Psalm 90 was written in a pre-resurrection era, there's a lot of wisdom there. There's a lot of truth about hope and the future and things to come. And perhaps that wisdom and that hope is best summed up in verse 12. Teach us to number our days, Lord. Teach us to count our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. A heart of wisdom. A wise heart realizes, among other things, how short life is and how rapidly it passes by. And a wise heart reminds us, make the most of every day. And let's think for a moment about how we might do that. And I believe many of you are doing these things already. But something to think about as we stand sort of on the cusp of a new year. How do we make the most of every day? How do we number our days and make our days count? Perhaps we begin by spending some time every day in the presence of God, in Scripture, and in prayer, building our relationship with our Heavenly Father. I heard somebody say it the other day, and it's always bothered me a little bit. I try not to say it. They were talking about God, and it's not an awful thing to say, but they referred to God as the man upstairs. I'm like the landlord. And goodness, that's not bad. But it's like it's a, a being that we don't know, that doesn't really care about us. The man upstairs pulling the switches and the throttles and making things happen. Why not a Heavenly Father with whom we have a relationship? Because we spend time with God every day. How do we number our days to gain a heart of wisdom? We begin by spending time with God. And then we look for ways to love and care for one another, especially those who are closest to us. Those who live within our own homes, the folks we work with and worship with. That we love and care for these people and we do it every day, every opportunity we get. That's one way to number our days and make our days count. And then we broaden our horizons and we look beyond that. And we look for opportunities every day to care for someone who is hurting and broken in this world. Someone who's living with a a disadvantage. Someone's going through a hard time and we know those folk, they're all around us. And we take time every day, not just random acts of kindness, but intentional acts of kindness. And we look for people who need to know what we know. That there's a God who loves us. 
people who need to be the beneficiaries of what God has given to us and blessed us with that we might bless others. God doesn't pour all these wonderful things in our lives just so we store them up, keep them for ourselves. We number our days. We move toward a heart of wisdom. We build a relationship with God. We love those folk closest to us. And then we reach beyond that to minister to others. And there are other ways. By our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, our witness, that we share the good news of Jesus Christ. And we gain a heart of wisdom. We have faith in Jesus Christ. We believe in life everlasting. But that doesn't relieve us of the obligation to live every day to its fullest. To make the most of every day that God gives us. And so we stand here with one foot in 2017 and one foot stepping toward 2018, and we might want to ask ourselves, how have we spent our days in 2017? Have we numbered them well? Have we said and done things that really mattered, that really made a difference? Have we given due attention to our covenant relationship with God? And we stand very much in our Wesleyan tradition when we talk about renewing our covenant with God. And we're going to close the service today by saying together a covenant prayer. And you're going to be given a little card with a covenant prayer in the Wesleyan tradition as you leave. To remind you that we renew that covenant every day with God. We build that relationship. We're strengthened for the days to come. And we find forgiveness for the days past. For the things that haunt us and trouble us. Occasionally hear somebody say, well... No regrets. I have no regrets. And I think to myself, is that another way of saying you got it all right the first time? And if that's true, then you probably don't want to buy a used car from that person because we all stumble, we all fall. God's forgiveness and God's grace, the renewal of that covenant that was instituted and renewed in Jesus Christ is available to us. God is the actor and we are the receivers, the reactors. Do we need to renew that covenant relationship with God so that we can be strengthened by His hand? And being so strengthened, Hopefully we will number our days well in 2018. We will learn anew to count our days so that we make all of our days count. Amen.